0: We return to Oilers Now
2: with Bob Stoffer.
0: Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down?
1: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer. Brendan Escott with you in Oilers Now. Royal Pizza, pizza pasta, so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations go on. Online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the app store, stop re- recommendations to Mediterranean chicken. Without further ado, uh, we are joined by a longtime NHL hockey and Rogers analyst, Drew Remenda, who spent years also being uh, San Jose Sharks coach, as well as uh, the Color Man on their television broadcast. Drew, how you doing? Good, Robert. How are you? Oh, not bad. You know, just Good. plugging away in a day-to-day business, doing something that I love. So
1: yeah, that's how you are. You're one of the lucky ones, without a <laughs> doubt.
0: Get to do something that I love, or plug it away in a day-to-day business. <laughs> both, <laughs> both. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's it's funny. I remember the first time I met you uh, was at. Claire Drake Arena, you were uh, this, the eye in the sky up in the spotter's box uh, with the Calgary Dinos. You guys were probably getting screwed again coming into Claire Drake because, you know, that.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, had nothing, it had nothing to do with the fact that, uh, actually, at, at that point, I don't know if people realize this, but, like, 1989-90, uh, Calgary probably had better personnel in the U of A. We
1: were a pretty good team back then, but. Didn't win it. Bears win, they it
0: <laughs> you guys had uh the olympic you benefited from having the olympic program in calgary yeah. right so you'd get guys that yeah. would want to make the so they'd come and play for you guys but try to work their way to mix with the olympic team as well um uh, yeah. and then and then you go with george kingston to san jose yeah and uh talk about a breadth of experience early in your coaching career with that organization oh god i was lucky
1: i was lucky there well first off i you know i was gonna be a golf pro i was gonna be my that was what I, was, I did um and then with my friend tim tate he got the head pro's job at the Elks golf club in calgary and i went with him um and in the, obviously in the winters and things are a little different in calgary than they were in vancouver and um i've known dave king my whole life and uh, i knew really Desarden for a long time as well and so with dave um they were just kind of starting the center of excellence in Calgary at the at the Saddle Dome. And Dave asked me, he said, hey, what are you doing in the winter? I said, nothing. And he said, well, you know, come work for me? He said, we, we are starting the center of excellence. We've got all these videos of international hockey games, and I need somebody to break them down. So my job every day was to come in, put in videotapes, and then break everything down and, and, and with, while we broke it down, when, every face off and what the alignment was, every breakout and whether they went, you know, D to wing, D to center, what kind of, we broke everything down. It took you probably three, three and a half hours to break down any game in video. But then we started doing product, video production and... Um, I was the so-called technical expert that then they um patrick the guy that ran the video he taught me how to do it we used graphics and we did these coaching videos and then dave started bringing me on the ice with him um for his kids on tuesday mornings, and then filming the practices and and then i started doing some work for the flames um all kinds of fact i the the, the stuff i did for the flames with terry crisp and paul baxter were there there was a series where um Theo Florisco that sixth goal in overtime, that series? 91, yeah. Right. Um, and I, I did the video for that series with, with Paul and, and then got to meet George Kingston, did a lot of video with uh, coaches, and then George has brought me to San Jose with my experience in video was what got me the job and being able to do what we did video-wise. At the time, Bob, nobody else was doing it. We were doing it at the Hockey Canada and San Jose Sharks as far as how professional these videos look. Um and then you know, I just I got I like you. I got real lucky in being able to do something that I absolutely love to do.
0: And t- and talk about the range of experience early in San Jose. I mean, did you guys not have one of the toughest seasons in NHL history?
1: Eleven seventy one and two second year. <laughs> <laughs> we lost. We lost. We lost seventeen in a row. First off, this, this I always do this. I went. I don't. But you know what? I, I look back, and I'm not ashamed. I'm proud of my time at San Jose. It was great as a coach. I got to work with with George Kingston, Bob Murdoch, Dave Pryor, Claire Drake. Came with us that second year because he yeah. was on sabbatical, and George brought him in. He and George had a long, long history together. I got to sit with Claire Drake for an entire hockey season, watching hockey from upstairs, and he was. I was fantastic, and George is, you know what George is like. George is yeah. an unbelievable person. Then I got to work for, for Kevin Constantine, who was tough, but I learned a lot from him and got to work with some great players and got to work with him in a great organization. But the, the, uh, the second year, we went 11-71-2. we lost, And I was part of the coaching staff that lost 100 games quicker than anybody in the history of the National Hockey League. And that's number one. Number two is I was part of the coaching staff. We lost 17 games in a row. Which is an NHL record, um, and we lost to Calgary. Our last, our fifteen, our, our sixteen, seventeen to, to Calgary, and we lost thirteen to one. Um, where we scored the first goal, <laughs> and they scored thirteen unanswered. Theron 40 plus plus nine um, in that game. Yep. Uh, Ken Regan, three assists. And you think <laughs> big deal 13-1, Tebby was a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> and um then we lost we we really we really improved against Edmonton the next night, where we only lost six nothing in that
0: gave was that ninety two ninety three or 93-94? 90 that's ninety two
1: ninety three yeah we went,
0: that's
1: yeah 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 it was great. and we went that stretch we went one thirty and one. Try
0: that for <laughs> well, we've, we've had discussions like this in the past. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. So, you had Dave Tippett on today. Uh, I, I'm just going to throw something your way here. I just looked okay. this up October 29th last year, so basically a year ago. The Oilers flew yeah. to Detroit. Here are eight of the forwards Edmonton had in the lineup against the Red Wings that day Tomas Yurcho, Sam Gagne, Riley Sheen, Juju Arcara, Patrick Russell, Alex Chase on. Uh, Gaetan Haas and James Neal, and it's not that these guys can't play in various places. Like Neal can move up and down on the left side. Certainly, Jason can move up and down on the right side. Karrick can kill penalties. Haas might be able to play as a fourth line center. Uh, but the reality is that's eight guys, that that combination of eight players, and it's entirely possible that this year the Oilers' top nine will not have. Well, I mean, obviously, your your show is signed with Vegas. Kanye's in Detroit. Shan's unsigned. Kara Fort would be on the order's fourth line. Russell, fourth-slash-fifth-line player for Edmonton. Jason and Neil, you know, up and down a bit, and then Haas, fourth-line center. Obviously, its is it fair to say Edmonton's, based on the body of work in the offseason, got far greater depth at forward right now, Drew?
1: 100%. I, I look at what Ken Holland did, and um, I thought he did a terrific job of building this team. What he did last year was a terrific job. He brought in serviceable NHL guys, you just named them. Guys that could could be in an nhl game and be guys that could hold you in there and they did that last year they the, the guys that ken brought in um were able to provide some depth they did a great job last year this year he's got some increased depth up front um you know when i look at i think kyle turris has been a terrific terrific signing. I think Kyle can move up and down the lineup. I love James Neal. I've always said I love James Neal. I like him for a lot of reasons but my more thing is that he provides a lot of juice for the team and then you can keep going up and down the line. The The, the look of the Edmonton Oilers will be different. It'll be better. We have a more skilled group but also a more experienced group but it's also a team like you said that's going to give you more depth. So you truly have with Kyle Turris a number three center now and you can keep Ryan Nugent Hopkins up with Leon Draisaitl. Uh, so I looked at what Ken did and I thought he did a, did a terrific job. And, and, you know, reading some of the articles, and you, and you know, you know, player contracts way more than I do, but, and cap space for different teams. You're the only guy I know that can just rattle off the top of his head. But with what Ken had to work with, no how much money he had to work with, I thought he did a really good job.
0: How many times, just as an aside, in, in the conversation with Dave today, he was effusive, sort of, in his discussion about yes to Who do you think we talked more about over, on the bus over the last several Go years, away. Drew? Polyarvi or Neil Yakupov? <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, no, 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 That's a good one. I guess. oh, boy. Yes, yes, yes-y
0: yes Yes. we had yeah.
1: we, we, we had more we had more heated discussions about yes again this this goes back to this goes back to also what you and I always seem to do regarding um, young players I am notorious I'm like notoriously hard on young players um, or or at least pessimistic you way more optimistic than I am um you know we had I remember having the discussion we had the discussion about Leon way back when and yeah. I, I said this last time we were, I was on and I never saw him going from from where he was to where he is now i never saw that uh you did you always you always had his back
0: not, that th- way. not this not good. Not, not a hard trophy good i thought he'd be 25 50 75 good which is a hell of yeah. a player not a, a player not a not a you know he was on pace for 127 points this year when the pause happened so wow. but yeah i mean That's just amazing. yeah i, I mean yet, pull, just, go on go go, give me your thoughts on jesse drew
1: well, you know what I thought. I didn't think he won. I didn't think he was smart enough. I thought his hockey IQ was low. I didn't think that he had the work ethic to go. I didn't think that he was um, putting as much into his game and investing in his craft like we saw Leon, like we saw Connor. And I always thought to myself, you know, Jesse, if you would just look at those two guys and look at how hard they practice and put that in your game, you'd be a hell of a lot better. I always thought he was an entitled player. I was never, I've never been a fan of the guy. Now, um, after talking to you, and listening to what you know, listen. Ken Holland is a pretty smart guy when it comes to player de- or player development and player um, uh, being able to, you know, being able to assess talent. He's he's pretty strong in that regard. So they look at him over there. I hope he's going up. And every, you go from 18 in a strange country without without a language, and being in that situation, I understand there would be that shyness, there would be that uh, reclusiveness, there would be that inability or awkwardness in trying to fit in i get that at 18 years old now he's what 22 right yes so so you look at him now and say he's a little bit older and we know that the human brain doesn't fully develop till you're 25 years old but he'll be more mature he'll be a little bit more confident because he did get to play in a, in a good league um and have success and boy you're guy talks about it more than I do, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of you and I have talked about this before. You always talk about coaches and um, and breeding confidence and breeding offensive confidence. I'm always kind of like Tranyani where it's you know you don't choose to give your you don't you don't lose your confidence; you choose to give it away. So, you know, you and I differ on that. But this will be, um, I think, and I hope, a more confident Yessi Puliyarbe coming in. Yes, he is older. He's got the tools, and I'm hoping that this little experience is, is added to the toolbox. Does that make sense? Totally.
0: I'm fairly confident the team is going to be deeper, quicker, more skilled up front. Uh, they lost, and they're, you know, Clef the writing's on the wall there for the season. Yeah. That's a huge loss. Tyson Berry's a different type of player. Uh, and then there's the wild cards, obviously, with Broberg and Bouchard. Where are you at with the D right now, Drew?
1: Um, I'm actually, I'm pretty good with the D it, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I think when I look at, um, at Ethan bear, I'm, I'm struck with confidence. I think Adam will be okay. I like the fact they're talking about Caleb Jones and I love Chris Russell. I'm going to miss Matt Benning. I was, a, I was a big fan of Matt Benning. I thought Matt Benning was, was heart and soul, tough son of a gun, but you, you do have to make ways for guys. I think that the one thing when I look at, I think Darnell, The one thing I have with Darnell, I love Darnell, as you know. I love the guy. I love the person. Um, As a player, you just need to get Darnell into what we see from Ethan Bear, which is a consistency. And that's funny that you're talking about a younger guy, but also for Oscar, too. Oscar, when he's healthy boy, he's as consistent as can be. And Chris Russell, you know what Chris is going to bring every single game we just got to know what Darnell's going to bring every game what darnell i think gets into trouble with is when he makes a mistake he chases it and wants to get it back right away but the great thing about when it comes to the defense i have so much confidence and admiration in jim playfair and how he handles those guys i don't think you can look at um ethan bear and caleb jones and even even oscar in fact everybody last year um and their improvement in the way they played and without giving a nod to jimmy Playfair, i remember I, how many times we, bob we'd be at practice a little bit earlier watch them skate around and jimmy would be out and he'd just be talking to the beat yeah just be talking to him every sometimes and he'd say there's he would handle each defenseman differently yet holding them all to the same regard as far as performance expectations and but what, what do you do is sometimes like with oscar he probably wouldn't even talk to oscar um, until after the game, sometimes. He, if or if Oscar would try to make a play where it didn't go the right way, he'd back about, go back to Oscar and so, say, "Hey, that's you had the right idea. You had the right idea. Don't worry about making that play again. Give it another shot." He, he's he's a guy who's big, positive, um, a big supporter. He believes in the players and cares about them. And I think that made a difference with the D. I'm not that worried about the defense. I, I think they they'll give you what they can give you on most nights.
0: Which area of the team concerns you the most, Drew?
1: Goaltending. Okay. I got to be honest. Let's, let's be honest. I mean, goaltending concerns you, and it should concern everybody. Um, love Mike Smith because I like the personality. I like Miko and how, how much he worked to get his game to where he needs to get to. But Miko, I think we talked about this last time. Bob is, is a goalie that um, is better when he plays a little bit less than yes. you would think a number one goalie should. But this is a goaltending duel that had an eight nine zero save percentage coming in, it, it, or, or in the playoffs. They need to be better than that. I have again confidence in Dustin Schwartz. I have got, that coaching staff is to me out of this world how good they are in every aspect of, of their assignments, <laughs> and I I love their work ethic of the goaltenders as well because we know again we've seen it. They're out in that ice early, and I like the, the relationship those two guys have. I just, I have a concern that, you know, you've got a fair an older concern. goaltender in Mike, it's a fair, and you've yeah. got a goalie that needs to be able to maybe play some more as a number one and still play at a high level as a number one without getting fatigued.
0: You spent a long time in the U.S. You still do a fair amount of radio in San Francisco. Uh, yeah. I know you're observing the upcoming election closely. I personally believe it will be a, a potential factor in the RTP for the NHL. What's your best guess in terms of what happens? Uh, what are we looking at, Drew, for the NHL? As, far as uh, the National Hockey League?
1: I, yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be the, the whole thing like they're talking about, a Canadian division and then three different divisions in the United States. Um, geographically, that makes sense. Um, I don't think the board is going to be open anytime soon, and right now, Bob, I, I, I would be, I would be concerned about if, if I'm in, if I'm a uh, parent that I've got a 16 or 17 year old kid, would you want to send him to Seattle or Portland right now, as to play for the play in the in the dub?
0: A major Junior. I'd be.
1: Yeah, I, I'd be
0: worried. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be well, uh, I definitely want to get through the election, <laughs> just yeah, because of what's yeah. occurred. You know, I, you know, we're talking about you know some pretty significant social uh, stands oh, yeah. that have been made, and some people that have been would suggest maybe have been hijacked to a certain degree. You're talking about safety for the actual kids, physical safety. Yeah. exactly. a, so it's a, it's a legitimate point right now, no question about that. Drew, let's yeah, do I mean, this. Like, Sorry, I, I I gotta get going here, but let's do this again. Yeah, okay. Certainly. All right, Anytime. thanks a lot. Good talking to yeah. you. Yep. That okay. is Drew Remenda from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It is uh, one fifty one in Edmonton. We got to, to get to some business here. We're going to go to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing, uh, who've got face masks for everybody. Visit their online face mask shop by going to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Here is Brendan Escott.
2: Okay, 16th overall pick, Caden Gooley signed his entry-level contract with Montreal today. It's a three-year deal. It'll pay him $925,000 per year at the NHL level. Uh, We're maybe more likely to see a Gooley at the World Juniors in December. And we learned yesterday that the 2021 tournament will open on Christmas Day for the first time since 2005. It's a triple header, too. Canada will actually open its quest to defend gold on Boxing Day, though, against Germany and then from there, it's matchups with Slovakia, Switzerland and Finland is the New Year's Eve opponent this year. Boston re-upped Carson Kuhlman on a two-year deal. It's a two-way contract in year one and then a one-way in 2021-22. The, uh, Calgary signed the former Bruin uh, Jochem Nordstrom to a one-year deal worth a cool $700,000 for the 28-year-old there. longtime WHL vet uh, Jace Hauerluck signed a uh, one-year $800,000 deal with the Canucks after bouncing from Florida to Ottawa last year he was Florida's second rounder in 2014.
0: yeah, well, uh, and there's the price point. Like, Nordstrom's a useful player. He's uh, an assertive, physical pain in the ass to play against that can kill penalties. Decent pickup for the Flames. Frankly, in my opinion, a better player than Tobias Reader, He's a great guy. Uh, but, you know, Reader, obviously, limited in his game. We're going to do a double dip tomorrow, the Oilers Now Audio Vault. But we'll tell you this, it's brought to you on a daily basis by Direct Workwear. We're safety meets savings at Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. Obviously, we'll replay some of the comments from Edmonton Oilers head coach Dave Tippett's appearance on Oilers Now uh, from today's show in the first half hour. To the injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Again, nothing new at this stage to report on Oscar Clefbaum. Uh, Dave Tippett did, however, talk about Tyler Ennis and say that he's back up in skating. Uh, I know Leon Dreisettle was... Uh, Involved in a tennis event yesterday. Would not surprise me if some of the Oilers better players try to actually get back in town in November. Going to be intrigued to see how that all occurs here. Again, I, I think we're looking at January 21st as the earliest. Uh, I know Gary Bettman has stated January 1st for him we'll see how this all plays out. Two, this day in Oilers history, back in the 630 studios, re-engaging is Brendan Escott. On this
2: day in 1992, Rob Ramage scores twice to lead the league's new expansion franchise, the Tampa Bay Lightning, passed the Oilers 6-1. to Craig Simpson scored the lone goal for the Oilers, and their record fell to 1-6-1 and on the young season. Yeah, we knew it, uh, it was
0: not going to be... Uh, you know what? The Oilers uh, won the 1990 Stanley Cup uh, many of you have seen King's Ransom with Peter Berg the brilliant ESPN It was the very first ESPN 30 for 30 there was on the Wayne Gretzky trade to uh, LA and of course the orders would go uh, Wayne would never win a Stanley Cup after leaving Edmonton the orders won the 1990 Stanley Cup in 91 and 92 uh, so the 991 season 91-92 season the orders on fumes basically made it back to the conference final but they had lost all of their Hall of Fame players uh, by 1992, with the exception of Kevin Lowe, and I think we knew at that stage when they started the year 1-6-1 and, and got bombed by Tampa Bay that it was like, uh-oh, it was going to be a long season. Uh, special shout-out to Yoni, uh, our Finnish expert. I mentioned Yari Curry, and some people maybe not believing he was going to be that good. Bob, Yari Curry was one of the leading scores at the Junior Worlds in 1980, and he played in Lake Placid. He would have gone in the first round, but some Finnish hockey bosses were spreading a rumor at the draft that Yari had a three-year deal in Finland that he could not get out of. Uh, The Oilers and their scout, uh, Matty Visonen, knew better, and they picked Curry, and the Oilers were the organization that benefited from that. Is Reed Wilkins doing double duty again today? Uh, Brendan, is he up here
2: shortly? Um, No, uh, Jalen Nye is back today, but of course, Reed with uh, Inside Sports a little later on, you will hear from a former member of the U of A Golden Bears men's hockey team, current Calgary Flames prospect, Luke Philp.
0: Well, that's a been interesting story, and his brother Noah, six foot three, right shot center, he's got no place to play. They're not playing this year at the U of A, so uh, that's a guy that wouldn't surprise me if he gets a contract maybe at the end of this year, NHL deal. He's probably worth taking the swing on. Uh, tomorrow's show guests will include uh, Brian Lawton, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, our NHL insider John Shannon. As Brendan mentioned, Jalen I is coming up with a six thirty chat afternoons following a global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell. Have a terrific Tuesday, everybody.